0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: The Square Ball Podcast.
2: It's the Square Ball Podcast, episode number 171 with Levi Solicitors. Ten percent off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball. When you inquire, it's LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. Mosca White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. We're still on issue six of our magazine that came out for Bristol. Seven is in the pipeline. You can grab prints of the amazing Yorkshire Purlow cover via our website, thesquareball.net. And half-season subscriptions as well. If you want to get uh, what is it, issues five, six, seven, and eight delivered to your doorstep, sort all that out on the website as well, thesquareball.net. Now, before we get into it good and proper, I would like to present you with a present, if I could, Michael. Mm. Is that okay? Of course. So there's a plastic bag. It's got a little bit of bubble wrap in it. Something in there for you, you see.
3: Oh. I'll hide this from Moscow for now. Actually, little present there, you see yeah. Moscow. Where do you, um, where do you tend to watch the games from, Ellen Road? <laughs> um, the West Stand. Which, which bit? The top. What, what would you, if you had to give that bit a name? Maybe beginning
1: with a letter G. The, uh, the greatest view seats. There, I believe that's what everybody knows them as. I've read uh, reading John Howe's book, the A to Z of uh, Alan Rod. I think that's what it was called back in the day. It used to be a double barrel roof that up there. It did, it did. It looked nice actually. Yeah, you wouldn't quite... have had much of a review. No, So from let me, where? From sitting in a in a barrel roof.
2: <laughs> so Michael, let me just uh, run you through some of the features there. I can tell it's a premium item. Is uh, well, listen, I've spent six pounds and nineteen pence from the company bank account. <laughs> to purchase this and uh, we have a company bank account to purchase this I mean let's let's, let's not get into who's paid for what but let's look at the, grand, the grandness of the gesture that I've done for this podcast which is to provide you with number one feature number one Michael a comfortable button you can just give that a try Oh yeah, Is it got on your finger? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. You've at not all. really got
3: the technique, have you? Doesn't hurt. I was, I was testing for pressure to see how comfy it was.
2: Yeah. Uh, feature number two is a chrome finish, which will prevent rust. So if we're going to any high moisture environments, it'll be fine.
3: Yeah, it looks chrome. It's a bit looks a bit wonky as well. If I had to criticise it,
2: but on a lean. But anyway, mm. we we can live with that. Well, would you go? Would you go to Pisa and say, look at your tower, it's, it's leaning over. That's what, shit. And what's the final feature? Uh, final feature number three: loud and clear sound. I mean, give it here. It feels to me like you've maybe knackered it already or it's come off its axis. Because when I used it at home, it was far better than that. (laughs) Well, that's the dismissive, isn't it? I was just seeing how it sounded when it bounced. It's exactly the
3: kind of attitude I'd expect from someone who... Thinks he's oh, big time because he's on the gantry.
1: I don't think I'm
2: big time because I'm on the gantry. So that is the official um, square ball gantry gong. It is, admittedly, it is a reception bell. But So whenever Moscow name drops or mentions the G word... But it's worth, like,
1: as I have tried to express up here, the place is festooned with debris <laughs> and loose fingernails and flies. There's literally, there is an area where nobody can sit because there's a light that attracts flies, even in winter. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a happy sunshiny place up there it's, it's not the Ben and Jerry's fridge at the Emirates, is it? And sometimes because uh, Sky Sports do their score updates, the very northern end of the West End can be haunted by the likes of Michael fucking Brown so it's not it's not the uh, Michael Brown sorry yeah yeah name drop yeah fair point that, that's not part of the, <laughs> the we can't ding me every time I mention a footballer and or an ex-footballer.
2: Right, so on with the show then anyway. So you've got that poised, Michael. Do look after it.
1: Yeah, we'll do. Treasure it. Just won't stay out. It's
3: our
2: main company asset. (laughs) Uh, So what a good week it's been for Leeds United as we, uh, we charge towards promotion. That's basically in the bag now, isn't it? Last night. Yeah, I mean, I think Nottingham uh, Forest couldn't beat Borough.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, if you're beating uh, Middlesbrough, is a prerequisite of going up. If you do that, you get promoted. I, I mean, you, admittedly, that means about there's about 20 teams need to go up. I don't, not, know you, not, don't know if you saw Forest. the news, but we did that within the last week. We beat Middlesbrough. We did.
3: It made me reflect a bit differently on our win there, having seen Forest struggle against them last night. You think? Because yeah, yeah, I thought at the time we should really be beating these four nil, as we did Hull, and one nil felt a bit
1: more tense than it should have done. But actually, that's fine. The thing to remember is every other team in this division may be accepting West Brom, but I'm beginning to doubt them now, is a myth. We're the only real team in the English Football League Championship. All the others, they may come on strong like, oh, we're going to put a run together, we're going to charge up and overtake Leeds United. And then it all just falls apart as a, the tissue of lies that it is. Because we're very good, and we discovered we're very good at the weekend
2: against Hull with that rampage in four-nil performance. Well, second half
1: rampage. We do need to, if you rampage for forty-five minutes. There's no point like that. Uh, no reason to do it for ninety. But
2: it is quite indicative of the form and the pattern that we've followed across the season, which has been to sort of suss games out, maybe not be that great in the, the opening spells, and then get it figured out and just go out there and win. And uh, introduce someone who can score goals. And we were two up Two
3: up. Luke anyway, Ayling, you mean. Luke, Luke Ayling. Ayling, of course. The, I think it was David Guile described, described his celebration as
1: the solemn chicken, which was nice. That was the great thing about the first half as well, was that we got an early goal. So the fact that we weren't brilliant, we weren't top notch, we weren't uh, rewriting the rules of football. All well dealt with. Yeah, it didn't matter because we were ahead. So it was, it was all absolutely fine.
3: And Pablo was within a few inches of, of putting his two up in the opening 10 minutes as well, which would have been... We would probably have opened the floodgates sooner, because in the second half, it was just a matter of how many we, we were going to score as soon as that second went in.
1: The list of chances in the 15 minutes uh, between the, the second and third, I sort of wrote them all down just straight in my match report for the square ball, and it's it's absurd. And I, I tore it up. If you count the shots on target that were good saves, it's not like we were fluffing them. The the half folly from Costa was a good save, and the 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 one that he dinged at the near post, was a decent save. There was one from Click where it was going in the bottom corner and that was another good save there. Goalkeeper, worth a cheeky bit if they go down and we need a new one. And then hitting the bar and stuff. 10-0 was my reasonable scoreline. And I'm not even saying that that's ostentatious, arrogant, league tonight we win every game 10-0. We could have easily won that game 10
2: Eight, Well, 8-0 wouldn't have flattered us at all in the end, would it? The
1: number of chances we had. Why, why reduce it? 10. 10 would have been absolutely fine. And that's me... Counting properly, good saves, hitting the post, the ones that we scored, not counting half chances or anything silly. Ten goals. You can, in that case, you can give Hull one because they hit the post too. No, that was rubbish. <laughs> well, I just wanted to be kind and be a
2: little bit more considerate towards the feelings of the uh, the homicide tigers. That was all.
1: I was going to go with the fish thing because they've got no memories, but um, I suppose tigers do. What's the story? The kids' storybook about tigers? Tiger came to tea. I was thinking about them being better looking. That's a John Reese, John Reese, Gene Reese book. We're going off beam. We? Are we? <laughs> Who's the we here? Someone ding me out. I'm going on. I, I tried in
3: the hope that they'd be upset about this. I listened to the the whole version of the highlights. To hope that was upset, but he mm. just sounded like he loved us a Did, bit.
2: You know, in the fourth one, was it? Oh no! Well,
3: the only way because I, I, I was even wondering if it was third-party commentary because he didn't have much of a Hull accent. But then he talked about a flirted ball, like
2: fl- like flirted. Back it was first. flirted
3: in, and I thought, ah, oh, there he is. He yeah. is from Hull. He's, he's been disguising it until now.
2: Presumably, then he went and got a drink—a can of Kirk. <laughs> Kirk
3: five cans of Kirk. <laughs> <Bless> <laughs> sorry him. if you're sorry if you're from. If, yeah. I know there are a lot of uh, Leeds fans from. From Humberside, but but you can't speak properly, and you could move, you could move, yeah, for the sake of your children, (laughs) get them out of that of that (laughs) hellhole. But he he just sounded like the Harrison goal, which was we probably need to cover individually because it was so good. He was just like, oh yeah, that was that was really really a good move, wasn't it?
2: Uh, the Harrison goal, you mean the, uh, the third one? The, Harris- uh, yeah. the Harrison, Harrison move. And Harrison
3: move, sorry, yeah. The, well, that, um, that
2: one, let, let's let's break that move down. I'm, I'm trying to
3: credit Harrison with a goal because he deserved one, but yeah, he didn't have
1: did. to score, did he? It was he Tyler did. Roberts. Everything but, bless him. I mean, him.
2: break that, that goal down just for a second. When you see the, first of all, the Bielsa overload where they've got three onto the one, who's going to lose that ball. Uh, no crunching tackle. I think, is, I
1: think an overload's more of an attacking thing. This was no, pressing. No,
2: they, they do defensive overloads as well. Three, yeah. oh, three on one is an overload, isn't it? Overloaded their attacker yeah, with our
1: defenders. You'd more commonly talk about it in
2: attack. It looked like an overload to me. All right.
1: So I know that's what Marcel Sorry, was. the sugar babes, all of them <laughs> at once. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows an overload when they see one, okay, I've just got a reference now. Yeah, well done.
2: Anyway, so we we pressed them with three men and thus overloaded them. Yes. Uh, won the ball back. No crunching tackle, though this is the way the game seems to have gone now and it seems really well suited to this kind of tactic where
1: three of them just crowded him out, got as, the ball. Has anybody told Pablo Hernandez <laughs> <laughs> crunching tackles are outlawed? I actually, I'm sorry to interrupt the, the conversation about the, the goal and this won't work at all um, in the format of a podcast, but after that one we talked about on the match ball where he lay down to score, I did when I rewatched the second half or, well, the whole game actually. Let's have a little look. tackling with Pablo Hernandez and we'll just record your reaction to that one. I mean, come on, Pablo. What <laughs> I and then here we go. R- rub it. And then there's the uh I think he just lost his foot in there. <laughs> no malice. <laughs> swinging his leg around yeah. like a like he's breakdancing rather than tackling. And then that lovely one where he gave away the free kick on the edge of our area and he's turned to the referee Now, come on. I I won the ball here, Pablo. You just kicked him, really. Knee high. Yes.
2: <laughs> so yes, the, the overload slash press slash
1: Bielsa ball
2: third goal, which was just wonderful. The more you watch it. Every time I've been watching, it, I go, Oh God, yeah. that's just so good. We
1: were going move by move. We got as far as winning the ball. I don't so, mind spending an hour on this. Yeah.
2: So we, we won the ball back, and then Jack Harrison dinks it inside to Stuart Dallas.
1: I thought it was Matt Click. I gave Click the credit on the match ball. So I apologize to Stuart Dallas and uh nominate matches Click as a villain for impersonating him. You're the villain, really, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: So he knocks it inside to Stuart Dallas. And at that point you're thinking, ah, oh, you could go for a nice easy layoff there, couldn't you, Stewie? But no, what did Stewie do? Give him it back. But it was
1: a lovely, wasn't it, that <laughs> spin from the outside of the right foot. But then I think it's like the Cafu thing is going to his head, but now he thinks he's Ronaldinho. To mention Cafu, actually, for the extra
3: ball, we're, we're talking about Leeds beating Roma, who he didn't play in this game, actually, in that game, because he was injured. But having seen the way our fullbacks played in that... David O'Leary team which was a good team everyone agreed there's not a chance they would have done this Ian Hart would have been banging that up the line every time because that's all fullbacks did in that team this is amazing that we actually are in the championship and doing this try and conceive of that even the very first bit of this move try and conceive of that happening
1: with Neil Warnock or Steve Evans in charge the other thing to note is that our fullback as you're referring to him was playing in midfield so imagine a scenario when David O'Leary goes Ian just go into central midfield will you All right, Harty good job
2: and then, just, and then go for some technical and tight interplay when surrounded by, and I can see one, two, three, four men in the shot here. Just amazing. It is. And, and it's well, goal- I mean, he wouldn't have been able to run away from them, would he? <laughs> well, it's, it's goals like this where sometimes you get that, I get that transcendence when I think about Bielsa and you just go, this is, it's just
1: amazing. We've not even given the ball to Tyler Roberts yeah, oh, because that's oh, what mate, happens
2: next. I'm not even, even on to Jack Harrison's move. Jack Harrison the way that he takes the touch from Stuart Dallas and cuts inside, takes out three men. What's He takes out three men. What's Spanish
1: for El First Touch? I think, I think you've, just, you've just done it there. Jackie Harrison's special, special skill. Tocha. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Okay. Mm.
2: See <laughs> you. Si. But yeah, I mean, the, the way he, he just cuts inside and if he takes that touch slightly differently and opens his body out and goes down the line, he's running himself into a blind alley, but he cuts inside, takes out three men, Moscow. He takes out three Men. Tres. And then
1: just pops it inside to Tyler Roberts. That daft bastard's right, you know. El prima toque. There you go. I assume it's toque. Well, let's get the...
2: El primer toque.
1: There we go. That's so what so I said, toque. more or less. Yeah. Jackie Harrison, as his mum and dad call him.
2: And then, yeah, so he pops it inside to
1: Tyler Roberts. And it just got even better from there. We just got expansive over to the right-hand side. This is another one where, in my memory of, of watching it happen live, I thought the way the player with the ball turned, ran inside, looked at the way the pitch was opening up and played a perfect pass out to Helder Costa. Well done, Pablo Hernandez. That was very good. <laughs> and then looked at it on the replay. I was like, fucking hell, Tyler Roberts, our new number nine wearing number 11. That's really good. That's very good football. And I'm trying not to mention Pat Bamford's name in this part, but when we talk about the work being done outside the penalty area, being one of the the big benefits of having Pat Bamford in the team. I'm going to say this on halfway was very good and then when you consider who, who then put the ball in the net.
3: it was very direct from Roberts as well because he could have, we always get accused of slagging up Bamford. I think Bamford has a bit of a tendency sometimes to hold the ball for too long in these positions whereas Roberts saw what was on and straight away gave it and then straight away he got himself in a position where he could actually score a goal from.
2: And he um, yeah, he did spray that ball out to Costa, did really well and by hanging on to it as he did as well, drew all the defence across. Admittedly, they were outnumbered. Uh, it was very due to an
3: overload. It was very schoolboyish defending as well. I, it, I did see it, it pointed out that there were like six hole players all around the man with the ball. It was very, um, it was very set under eights
1: kind of football. But Helder uh, read that brilliantly by seeing th- they're all running back. So stop, check back, and pass behind them. Not trying to get a, a ball in front of anybody in the six-yard box, passed behind them, and they didn't have a fucking clue what was going on at that point. They're all spinning around like whirligigs.
3: It was a ephemeral joy on Twitter. I know he noticed their right-back's reaction as well to thinking he was he was tracking his runner because I think he was keeping an eye on maybe Harrison or mm. Dallas, and then he realised Matt Click was about. 30 yards in front of him and realises this just as Clicks about to receive the ball and goes from a gentle jog to a sprint because he's like, oh shit, how's he got there? He's he's in my
2: space. I'm I'm in for a bollocking on
1: Monday. (laughs) It's worth dwelling just before we get to the the finish, rewinding three minutes when we almost had a goal that was just as much of a classic, the break when Hull had that free kick that Pablo gave away and our wall was Matt Click, Jackie Harrison, no, it was Helder Costa and Tyler Roberts and the, the free kick was shot into the wall and then the three of them led that breakaway which if Harrison had just managed to get that cross past the defender it's not often that you just have the three players in a defensive wall and then within the blink of an eye are in the opposition penalty area scoring a, a brilliant breakaway goal and they've all had a touch as well I think it was it went some like Harrison, Costa, Harrison, Roberts and then back to Harrison and then Oh, I' only he'd got that it's, cross. You could see, you could, um, I mean, the Sky commentators always apologise for um, the language you, you hear from the stands. They didn't seem to mind the camera focusing on Jackie as he turned to the Sky and went, for fuck's sake! But, <laughs> He knew, didn't it? But it is. It's
2: just a reminder of how completely sublime some of the football we play is, and I absolutely love it. And it oh, feels so special. And we only had to wait three minutes for this. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're held a Costa cutting back onto yep. his left foot and then pinging it across the uh, the edge of the area to click. And you said in the match ball that you maybe thought that click should have turned and popped that off. But actually, when you look at how it arrived and his body shape, he did the right
1: thing. Yeah. The slow motion replays will will do that for you. I watched the. Uh, that video of people watching it in Melbourne and when Click gets the ball you hear everybody starts cheering as if he's going to shoot and score so I think everybody apart from Matt Click thought right he takes a touch and buries this but no he takes a touch and Well he
2: killed it right into the path and, and did. you're right as well what you said on the match ball it, it did rise slightly it wasn't a perfect ball but you know that's whole shit pitch isn't it it's the weather by the coast yeah it was you know, bouncing across a beach effectively wasn't Bloody it underside. Yeah, so it just he just laid it back across it's a rugby pitch and he's like Either one of you two can have this, because we're so good. I'll line this up for not just one striker,
1: but two. And you were both in the corner a minute ago, so you deserve to score. Yeah, and Tyler Roberts, great finish on his left foot. Well, he's a striker. That's why he he shot that ball in the net instead of Stuart Dallas, because he saw the ball and he went, I'm going to score a goal because I am a striker.
2: And also that's what um, I do. Also want to give a mention to Helder Costa and that goal that he nearly scored as well on the left-hand side, quite close range, when he did that thing with his feet where he switched it from his right foot to his left yeah. and just, again, took two men out just from doing that, just from moving it from one foot to the other. And that deserved the goal. I was so willing that to go in because it's these moments where you just go, oh, that's just so good. It's starting to look good, Helder Costa. Yeah, he's getting there, isn't he? Mm.
3: Apart from at halftime when I wanted him taken off because I thought he'd been terrible. <laughs> strange. He's a strange player. He is getting there. He can do. He can just do some really good stuff, can't he? But even when he's having a bad game, he's a bit in the same ways you can like leave Pablo on in the faith that he'll eventually yeah. do something good.
2: I think Costa's starting to grow into that a bit. Yeah, we're certainly seeing his value, I think. He's, he's such an intelligent player, isn't he, in terms of how he uh, creates space and just um, beats people.
1: Yeah, what he did for the the goal of passing it across to Click was it's not the immediately obvious option. It was a very good one.
2: It was the best one. Mm because it resulted in a goal and actually when you factor in all
1: the other stuff that happened at the weekend again
2: another bloody good weekend we're not even going to
1: talk about the diving header I mean I think we should because I've noticed something about the diving header since that again that he was offside which makes it even better he wasn't offside he would have been VAR offside VAR offside we're playing football in this division he was a pubic hair offside yeah it just doesn't matter was that and it's hard to phrase this without it sounding like criticism of Bamford but let's just celebrate the fact that Tyler Roberts did it Bamford has a tendency, and I don't know if it's to do with his confidence or just the way he plays, of kind of watching what happens. And so that's why the ball is constantly going out wide and then being crossed back into him and he's kind of behind the defender going like, well, if the ball comes across the box, I'll be ready for it. When Click got that ball in midfield, Tyler Roberts points at the penalties, put the ball in there. And I think otherwise Click might have gone, right, this goes out wide to Costa or it goes to wherever. But instead he thought, "Oh." Yeah, he's been. The decision's been made for him. That's a really good idea, Tyler. So I'll I'll give you an absolutely gorgeous chip right into your path. Almost nonchalant, Mm -hmm. and you can dive. And it was almost a nonchalant. Header. And the reason I was comparing it to Van Persie's header at the weekend, of course, is because this was better. It puts that scumbag bastard back in his box because he's been eclipsed by Tyler Roberts. I'm glad nobody, you've, had, you've had three days to revise that uh, that faux pas. Nobody needs to uh, <laughs> ever mention his name again. I'm glad you brought it up in he's the first been, place. He's though. been ruled out of the, uh, the the
2: history books. The lexicon. I'm, I'm glad you don't spot my new anymore. That's good to know. Yeah, I was just going to say before... And not a bad weekend, all things considered. Like Brentford chucking away a two-goal lead against Cardiff. Who'd do that? <laughs> uh, West Brom losing 1-0 at home to Wigan. Ditto, idiots. Yeah, and Bristol dropping points away at Millwall as well. Only, only shit teams do that.
1: The uh, the Wigan goal against West Brom looked a right painful one as well. It's kind of pinging around in the box and somebody leathers it in in the last minute. And you can see the players, the West Brom players flat on the backs, going, oh, fuck, we're going to finish third.
2: Uh, Fulham did win, but... It was against Preston, who now they, they seem to be well out of the running. Now Preston, yeah, shit, like that's going to
3: happen. I mean, if, a few weeks ago, Preston were like within
1: a few points of us. It felt like it,
3: there was, it felt like anyone in the playoffs could catch us. Whereas now they're
1: nowhere near. They are all myths. <laughs> that's what we keep saying is they all be like, oh yeah, we're going to be the team to to overtake them and finish top two. You're not. You are just not. Quite remarkable.
2: Then I mean, I'm just looking at the table here. Sheffield Wednesday now twenty points behind us. Twenty points.
3: That's as, and that is as good as it's going to get for them as well. Because Add another twenty-one. <laughs> because they're pretty soon going to be looking up from the very bottom of the league.
2: And Leeds are falling apart again and all that. So yeah, I want to draw your attention to this one. 538.com, if you go on that website, projects.538.com, they've got a bunch of uh, predictions. What they do is they run really complex algorithms that predict matches and scores and outcomes. And it's I was reading about how they weight stuff, and it seems pretty technical. And, and it has this thing called the Soccer Power Index, which I like. And they now have us as a 96% probability of
1: getting promoted. This is prior to last night's game, I should add as well. It is worth pointing out, though, that in the last, they predict game by game. And so you can check. And in the last round of 12 over the weekend, um, three of their predictions were right. They predict uh, Leeds win, Fulham win and Huddersfield win were the only ones that they actually got correct. Their model, although it turned out to be reasonable in the results, their prediction for the Middlesbrough Forest game was a 42% chance of victory for Middlesbrough. 31% 31% for the draw, 27% to Forrest, which, you know, okay, it turned out to be a draw, and Middlesbrough did almost win, so that was almost, you know, perhaps there is some uh, um, some power behind that that algorithm, but also, if you'd seen that before the game, you'd think that was absolutely mad. Mm. Even Jonathan Woodgate would be all good. Your, your algorithm's laying 42% chance being us, Norman. Norman.
2: I mean, this is the guy who, A, falls back on
1: who scored quite a lot. And- well, they're proven. I mean... What's Nate Silver's record? It's getting uh, elections wrong. To be perfectly honest, the reason We'd why... We'd have Hil- Hillary Clinton would be the president right now if the, Nate Silver was right. The only
2: reason why I mentioned this, Nate Silver behind this, is it? Who's Nate yes, Silver? he's the,
1: the guy who uh, founded Five Thirty Eight. It started as a... I can't remember if it started as sport or politics, but he's been doing this for a long time and and for a while was brilliant. And for a, I mean, it's like anything when you're doing predictive stuff. Real life will make a fool of you. Um, it is interesting though, but I thought it, it's worth balancing with the fact that he got the last round of games. Well, the only reason wrong.
2: why I mentioned it really was because they've got us down as a 96% probability of getting promoted and 64% probability of winning the division mm. over West Brom at 33. Well,
1: that's why he's wrong as well, because both of those are 100% probabilities. So <laughs> I don't know what model it, he's using. The,
3: is the person running this website a billionaire? He's very,
1: ABC, he's very successful. Um,
3: ABC
2: News have picked it up It's theirs now, isn't it? I because think. if it's because
3: yeah. if it's true, then surely he, and he has faith in his algorithm. Surely, it's like, well, in that case, if it's a ninety six, I can just put all my money on leads are promoted, and that will be returning well, me a fortune in the next couple of weeks. Which
2: actually circles back nicely to the reason why I mentioned this and why I've put it on the sheet is because I want to see what you think about it. I just mainly put it on Moscow to terrify Michael. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: So, I'd, I'd
2: give us, I'd give us about a forty percent chance of going up. Well, um. Phil Lufc on Twitter who's been doing lots of great maths around all this sort of stuff says 23 points guarantees us promotion now out of the remaining 30 regardless of what anybody else does as long as we beat Fulham within that 23 points in essence though I think based on my own calculations 6 wins will take us up out of the remaining 10 um, because that would leave all the other teams needing really really uh, massive swings like for example if we did that Preston and all the teams below couldn't catch us Brentford would need to get 10 out of 10 Forrest would need 27 points. They're not going to do that. Out of, So that's nine wins out of ten they would need if no. we got six.
1: I don't think any of the other teams are going to win any more games. <laughs> well, some of them are playing each other. Yeah, they'll both lose.
3: But, um, that Fulham game does it is shaping up to be,
1: well, to call it the, the decider. It's, it's, too, it's premature, but it feels huge. You mean the decider for whether we finish above West Brom in first? Because <laughs> how far ahead of Fulham could we be by the time that game kicks off? We've got two games each ahead is that right mm-hmm. and so if you add I can't actually see how many points we've got but it's, it's a million isn't it haven't we got a million so we're points point, we're five points clear of Fulham at the moment and we have so we could be eleven points clear of them when we kick off against them is that right we could be five plus six yes well, there f- we go wow um, and then it's fucking irrelevant we can
2: just let them win <laughs> I mean the, tr- the truth of the matter is if we win six games even if they do beat us we'll probably still go up
1: yeah it's good isn't it it is good. No, it's good.
3: I, I, am, I am happy with this, as, as much as it may not appear so. I'm, I'm very happy with the way this has gone in the last few weeks. And unlike unlike last season as well, having West Brom within a point of us and feeling like they're slipping up a bit as well, I know it feels like we're no longer chasing second place with someone else. We're fighting for the title with someone else. Mm. Which is more fun, isn't it?
1: I mean, the, uh, the, the phrase that cursed us last season was when we sat here and said it's going to be very interesting to see how we fuck it up from here. It's the opposite. It's gonna be very interesting to see how many points we win the league by.
3: Though just to bring us back down with a bit of a bump, this point, thirty-six games played last year, we were we were only two points clear of Sheffield United. But equally we were we were only two behind Norwich and we finished mild behind them in there. But area. equally
1: as well, we were dicking around like idiots for the rest of the season. We were, yeah. Matt Click in his interview last week, kind of and a lot of them have, have referred to learning from last season. I think the the fact that we've had this the blip happened when it happened over the the few weeks that have gone rather than it being something that when it started taking a a grip of us last season with the Sheffield night game and the Norwich and Wigan and stuff, there wasn't time to turn it around. It was just panic. Just we're losing this and there's no time to save it. Whereas it's happened. We lost some games, nearly lost our second place, but with plenty of time left in the season, just go, right, get a grip on this. Bielsa's had his, his speech after the Nottingham Forest game, when instead of putting them through a video of it, just yelled, vamos coraggio, at them for an hour, or whatever it was. Um, and that's done the trick, and it's got them all focused again. And and if it's one thing, they've all, all the players have been very certain that they learned something from last year, and that's what ailing after the... Uh, after the Middlesbrough game, he said he He checked the Champions League scores but didn't look at the championship until somebody told him what the other scores have been. He's just like He said last year we were spending a lot of time looking at what other teams are doing. This year, if, if we win, I don't mind. We're in much better shape than we were.
2: Friday morning, 5am UK time is when the next Phil Hayes show lands. We'll be previewing Huddersfield and the promotion race and we'll get Phil's take on the Casillas situation if we have anything further to go on by that point you can get that podcast wherever you found this one or you can listen to it ad free along with all the other athletic podcasts via the athletic app and all Phil's articles are on there on the athletic too so no ads no pop-ups and no clickbait and this week you can read about Bielsa's yellow cards because he's been a very naughty boy in that dugout hasn't he Marcelo Bielsa getting told off again at the weekend in Hull Uh, Erling Haaland as well there's going to be something on him this week and further in-depth coverage as we mentioned there about Casillas' ban if Um, the Erling Haaland story isn't he is signing for Leeds for free I don't want to read it One day, sunshine, one day. Just let Phil know. There is also sport from across the globe and loads more football coverage on The Athletic. Free trial with 50% off a sub by going to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Well, as we've skirted around there, Kiko Kasiya, at the time of recording, it's 11 o'clock Tuesday morning. We still don't have any further information. So well, let's talk about other stuff that's uh, bothering the authorities at the minute. Then we've got profit and sustainability and salary caps that are being talked about. It does feel like uh, profit and sustainability is finally showing its teeth a little bit, doesn't it, with regards to like Derby and, uh, and Sheffield Wednesday. And I mean, this might be coincidence, but there's this little story circulating around Nottingham Forest now as well.
3: This actually is a good example of the way um, football fans will as well just argue whatever they want to believe on something because there's this story about their the chief financial officer has left Nottingham Forest and the headline in the Nottingham Post said days before the latest account's due to be released and all the Forest fans underneath are going, this is clickbait, this is nonsense, there's nothing in this, I'm sure it's absolutely fine, why are you doing this? And I think this morning actually, just as, a, as before we've come in here, the figures have actually come out and they are losing a shitload of money. That's where they've gone then, is it? Well, we don't know why they've gone, but the two things have happened at the same time.
2: So,
1: you know, cause and effect.
2: I mean, rarely does a financial director leave when it's not something to do with something financial, you would expect. Yeah, Nottingham Forest, just looking through, uh, Kieran Maguire
3: on Twitter, if you want to look at the the full details of this, Nottingham Forest lost 36 million from day-to-day operations in 2018-19. Over the decade, Forest have had an income of 182 million and a wage bill of 251 million, which Mm. which doesn't sound good. Football's knackered, isn't it? Yep, and and they also he does also have a point out that um, forest operating losses are also mid table in the car crash that is the championship. So they're not even that bad, like compared to
2: compared to everyone else.
1: I mean, we may slug off that wage bill, but they've had some outstanding players in that time, haven't they? Sam Byram. Yes, probably the best of them.
2: And this the salary cap, I guess, which flows from that, somebody's talking of a £20 million cap for championship squads.
1: Yeah, the the championship clubs are all trying to sort out a new version of profit and sustainability, and a, a £20 million salary cap is one thing. They've not agreed anything. I've mainly put it on... Um, on our own notes, so we can laugh at it because it's not going to be our fucking problem. <laughs> just Tell us about the Premier League rules, and I'll take a fucking interest. Well, I, mean, I hope, I hope whoever we send—I assume we send Angus Kinnear to these things—hope he's in full-on sassy mode, just going there. Like, if there's anything, anything I can advise you on, but um, it's not going to be our our problem. <laughs> just sitting there with a big briefcase full of—I'm I'm just clearing some space in here for all the money I'm going to be putting in it when we're promoted.
3: I mean, if if a twenty million wage cap was brought in, just because from these same tweets, there's there's a chart with championship wages on, all but. Seven teams are currently spending more than 20 million. Villa last year spent £73.1 million pounds on wages. They
2: are in trouble when they come down.
3: Stoke nearly went down with a wage bill of £56 million last year. So I think there's some problems.
1: Ours is, uh, ours is relatively mid table at £31 million. Turning this, uh, this serious discussion above of football finances and sustainability and fiscal responsibility into just pure uh, schadenfreude Freud and mockery, what a joy it was. Well, I wonder if it was a joy. Jack Grealish trying or lying on the floor, pretending to cry at the end of the, the league ja, Cup final. Jack Grealish
2: on the floor rolling round well, pretty, not, not for the first time pretty
1: much but he'd wait until after the after the match there was one during the game that I spotted where he went uh, flipping around but yeah I couldn't work out whether I was glad to see him upset or angry because I think he was faking it because I think he was just like oh no the Villa of lost it. but he actually yeah. doesn't, doesn't even give a fuck he doesn't care he'll be off in the summer yeah exactly it doesn't matter but he has to be. He's one of these who he has to be seen to be. And there was people trying to. It's pick like, it's him like up. the stuff you said about Pontus in the past. About he
2: needs to physically express his sadness so everyone understands. Yeah, that but he's his, sad.
1: his sadness was always real. Whereas Jack Lewis is like, no, because I, I, I need to look like I actually give a fuck about this. It's the League Cup. You don't fucking care. The City players don't care that they won. It doesn't matter. But yeah, so all, all that emotion and well, well, well. for the record, I'd like to win the League Cup. Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't mind if you lost. I
2: mean, I'm. I, mean, I think I would. You know. Yeah, I I mean, I did that in 1996, it was shit. Yeah, I'm I'm regretting uh, the (laughs) the path I've gone down here.
3: I was really pleased to see Villa lose, though, because of 1996.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not that I hold a grudge uh, or anything. And um, I I think what it is with Jack Grealish is I just don't believe he's sincere in anything that he, he says, does, or thinks. I was thinking actually,
3: watching the start of that, how different it was from from 1996 when I believe there was like a brass band on the pitch, and then I think maybe a royal came out and shook the players' hand. This time it was like booming music, and then some blokes from Carabao came out and shook hands with people. you thought, ah, oh, fireworks, fireworks, and something. Our oh, football has
1: changed a bit in in those in, <laughs> since Coca- we've been away. From Coca Cola to Carabao, is this the civilization you wanted? <laughs> Call this progress? Even more caffeine. What next?
2: Updates now on the blasphemy baton slash booze baton slash sangria stick. It's, this is growing into taking on a life of its own, isn't it? This I'm thing? lost.
1: I just need to like sit and listen to this for the next few minutes.
2: All right, so let's reset then. So Eden J. Harris, if you want to uh, follow this one, he's the guy on Twitter who's Who tracking it. Who
1: must have a brain like the size of an asteroid belt to keep track of everything that's happening and whizzing around
2: in short so this is the location of our end of season promotion party started in Leeds of the season first team to beat us was Stoke they took it and it's gone from team to team thusly uh, the baton got split into two after Atletico Madrid
1: beat Liverpool did Chris Akabusi smash it into Roger Black
2: something like that quite an allegation <laughs> So we now have a domestic booze baton and the European sangria stick. Now, we did get a text on our number. Jack texted us to say, I feel like the sangria stick should be named the sangria staff because it feels more biblical. I can go with it. I quite like that, but we should put it to Eden because he's obviously the guy who's in charge of it. Mm-hmm. So let's deal first of all with the uh, the sangria stick. Atletico beat Liverpool. Uh, and then Villarreal, and then they drew with Espanyol, and they've got Sevilla on Saturday before they face Liverpool again. So if they hang on to it, there is a chance it could come back to Liverpool, which we'll deal with in a second. And Sangre stick is they, that's now the the Premier, yeah. It's the authentic one, isn't it?
3: Yeah, that's the real one. So so ideally, if it comes back to England with and Liverpool regain it that kicks out the yeah, other Yeah, then, then we
2: get rid of the domestic one. Yeah. But we're just giving ourselves as many options as possible, aren't we? Um,
3: and d- we need options because at the moment, the booze baton is in Watford, which we really can't have, Yeah, can fuck we? that. So, you know, hopefully. I'm kind of hoping Liverpool do win it back now, just so we don't have to go to Watford, because no
2: one needs that. Equally, you can't imagine they would go unbeaten for the remainder of the season. True enough. True enough. What name keeps coming up with regards to Watford? And I'm not talking about Watford Gap Services, which is a good hours' drive away from actual Watford, and speaks bitter experience by the sounds of
1: it. Prism. Pardon me. Prism. Oh, Prism. I
2: think. Not not Pri- Prism. That's Watford, but Prism <laughs> is the nightclub within it. Is the one that keeps coming up. Now, worth adding that there's one of those in Leeds, isn't there? So there um, is, which we- I think is I've been to once. Uh, and it's a dreadful place. It would feel like a busman's holiday, wasn't it? And I've I've worked in some dreadful nightclubs. So, prison Watford awaits, and and loads of one star reviews that have, we've turned up.
3: I don't want to go there because Lucy Hansard's review said the staff are so rude and helpful. They're literally not human. Rude and helpful. Ru- uh, rude and un- under and unhelpful. Oh, okay. But it's more the fact that they are literally not human is worrying me. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what what the arrangement is there. There are, there are much better places to go in Watford anyway that are, f- are fun and friendly. And have literal humans. And have literal humans working there. As opposed to metaphorical ones. Indeed. Um, and someone's put Hannah N, who who has, <laughs> I think, probably quite low expectations of, of a place. Worst place to spend your money on, don't do it, find another place. Imagine if you had to choose between Ferraro Roche chocolate and Aldi brand chocolate. This club is Aldi brand. Don't mind Aldi brand. And, it's the, and Ferraro Roche, you can get them in the
2: pound shop. I mean...
3: You need to aim higher, Hannah. But you
1: have to have proof of an ambassador's residence before they will (laughs) allow you to to take it home with you.
2: My favourite one of these uh, is the one that comes from MD. Had my grandfather's empty hip flask confiscated and informed I would be able to collect it in the morning, only to return and be told they had lost it. Furious isn't the word.
3: I mean, fancy a nightclub not being more accommodating if you're bringing your own drinks in. It's empty. It's an empty hip flask. it was
2: by the time they found it. (laughs) If you caught last week's podcast, we mentioned planning for the future with the good folks at Levi Solicitors, which can involve some rather difficult and emotional conversations with loved ones. You will be able to write your I'm own... I'm going punch. to Madrid on holiday. <laughs> I think say, like I've lost granddad's empty hip flask. <laughs> you will be able to write your own punchlines for this one at the end of it, so stick with it. I was going to say, the one big thing to consider in the future planning is lasting power of attorney. It's called LPA. It's a document, basically, that allows somebody to deal with your affairs if you are unable to make your own decisions, for example, due to an accident, injury, illness trip to Madrid, that sort of thing. Uh, An LPA, it means somebody's ready to make decisions on your behalf, whether it's health or well-being or about your financial affairs. And because it is, it's a difficult thing to think about. A lot of people will put these things off until older age. Uh, but you just don't know what's around the corner. So um, our partner on the podcast, Levi Solicitors, they have a specialist team who deal with all this stuff. And there's a really lovely guy, Andrew, who is a member of Solicitors for the Elderly and is a dementia friend as well, uh, will take care of all these areas of future planning for you. As we mentioned last week, they also look after wills as well as probate and care home fees and stuff like that. There's a free initial consultation on wills. And of course, you get 10% off your legal fees for mentioning the square ball. You can call them directly on 0113 297 3194 head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the (laughs) square ball. To the weekend then, as we continue our march towards the top. Huddersfield at home Saturday,
1: three points. Should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, we'll beat them. Should be. It's fine. You've got quite blasé at this stage of the season now. Well, we're playing shit. Um, I mean, against shit, I mean. It's a matter of, uh, it's the, the Cowley brothers again, isn't it? So it's big Cowley and little Cowley, having their little squabbles in the the dugout about who's allowed to go and shake hands with Marcelo Bielsa and who has to stand behind, looking like a, a third Neville brother. Yeah, I mean, OK, they they won 4-0 last weekend against the uh, future manager of Leeds United, Lee Bowie's charting. Uh, that just gives them the confidence. Huddersfield fans will be claiming that as a victory against Leeds anyway, won't they? Just, yeah. Just gives them the confidence to turn up at Leeds and go, you know what, let's, let's build on that. Let's not go all out defensive. Let's attack them from the start. I think they should do that and then we can then trounce them My concern here is that
3: as we've discussed many a time this is their their big game and it's also the big game for the Cowley brothers as well this is their you know the the championship manager players aren't they more or less who've been who's been somehow allowed to manage a championship team and this is they've probably been planning this like all year but not focused on any other game I wouldn't have thought so they might have a system in place for this. I mean
2: the thing is Though, that because they are having to still, I mean, they've got a, a one, two, three, four point cushion now to Middlesbrough. But even still, that can be eliminated very, very quickly.
1: Well, now Middles- Middlesbrough have come into some
2: form, haven't they? But even still, it's close enough that you're going to be looking over your shoulder. So they are hopefully going to be more concentrating on the fact that they are hovering and got g- g- hovering around uh, the exit trapdoor or gurgling around the plug hole, whichever it's way you want to phrase difference
1: it. difference from hovering around the ass of a dog, doesn't it?
2: It does. Uh, <laughs> however, they are. Good well, one. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say was <laughs> child uh, what I was going to say was all that well thought out stuff about the FA and the racism and you make a dog sex joke <laughs> they're going to have
1: broad podcast though. on the balance yeah. of
2: probability <laughs> Huddersfield fans do interfere with dogs yeah so what I was saying was they're going to be looking over the shoulder so they can't really afford to play the occasion too much can they, they need to get a win I mean this, it shouldn't be an occasion I mean, they'd they'd completely love a
3: draw in this game. Let's let's not pretend they need a win out. I want a win out of this. A draw would be delightful for them in this. And I think they'll, that's how they'll set out to play. They'll go for set pieces and ten men behind the ball. How was this ever
1: a Premier League club? Was
3: it all just Andrew Hughes? You know, weirdly, because my brother-in-law's a Huddersfield fan, I saw him on the weekend, and I was like,
2: "What? What? I can't remember when we played you at home last year. What was the score?" He was like, we "We're in the Premier League." I was like, oh, "Yes." <laughs> so you were I've been looking at their form and they concede a lot of late goals we score a lot of late goals helps um, and if they do set out and do what you suspect there which is the men behind the ball it might end up being a late goal or two or three
1: or four I mean they can put it. they can put players behind the ball but they're all rubbish are they? yeah I mean I don't even know who they are so I'm just assuming they are a, a player called Toffolo that's a isn't that it? we're back to kids books again aren't we? that's the Gruffalo I think you <sighs> Well, so they've got the Gruffalo at left back. <laughs> in, got, a deep, um, in a deep dark wood. They've got Boss Hogg in midfield, the uh, mid-90s band. Andy O'Brien's brother playing behind. Stop, this is no good. Okay. should we so. talk about what whoscored.com says about them? Yeah. Uh, they are very strong at creating chances through individual skill, which tells me that they can't play as a team. And they're also very... Are just strong at creating chances using through balls. Like, I don't know if that's different to actually successfully playing them, but they use them. Maybe they just batter them at um, defenders. Their weaknesses are defending set pieces, which. Um, Our now, strong point? <laughs> we, well, we are good at them now. Like uh, Jackie Harrison dribbling in and shooting, not a problem. Um, they're also weak at avoiding individual errors and uh, weak at defending against skillful players. And if there's one thing Leeds United have a lot of, it's skillful players from front to back. So they're fucked. Do you fancy a win on this one, Michael? I
2: know it's, it's It feels awful trying to predict wins now because we know we should win this and there's so much at stake.
3: I can't argue against us winning this other than I think we won't win it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I can't explain why I think we might not win this. But you think we
2: won't win anything.
1: That's correct. Does it help if I tell you that their style includes uh, playing the offside trap? Imagine them. Keeping a high line. Is Pat Bamford starting against Helder Costa and Tyler Roberts has come on? So
2: <laughs> okay, okay, you talk him into it. I mean, there is a serious question actually there. Let's do some football rather than just this bullshit. There's Pat- no point. Bamford
1: starts. Yeah, yeah. it's irrelevant. Bamford starts. Hundred percent, yeah. he starts. Does he? Yeah. There's not even a case for it. Oh, there's a there's a very strong case. But are you going to go and tell Marcelo Bielsa? Maybe, maybe we can get Phil to ask him about it on Thursday and and see his reaction. He probably will. He'll name the team. It might be one of those where he, just to cut off any bullshit, somebody says, "What's the team use going to be? Is there any uh, any fitness worries?" And he says, "Well, Tyler Roberts will not play because he's in the hospital, <laughs> and uh, we wish him all the best with his recovery." No, I think he'll uh, he has a kick. He'll stick with um, with Bamford, but it's a matter of how. Well, it's only Huddersfield, so maybe Bamford <laughs> can get some tappings in the first half, but. Um, there was a time when uh, Bielsa was up for bringing on Nketiah at half-time, you know, that kind of early sub. We can encourage him to do it after maybe half an hour, 20 minutes, get Tyler on. Do you think um, Do you think getting that early goal is what we need now? Is, that, is this the thing?
2: Because we've got our mojo back. There was the stat flashed up on the screen against Hull that when we take the
1: lead, we win every game. And even if we don't take the lead until like near the end of the match, because we are good at defending, we don't often go behind certainly an early goal helps but I think what really helps is that we're really fucking good at football Mm. and that kind of tends to overrule all the other factors
3: and I feel weirdly for all we've we've talked about the rights and wrongs of it having Kiko out of the way it feels kind of nice because I've been worried about him constantly in the last few weeks so having him not there with all that pressure on his head which has been a double pressure, I suppose, with the the fact he keeps fucking things up, and also has had uh, these allegations hanging over him. I don't know, Meslier. Just I'm just
1: happier with him there. He's carefree, isn't he? I mean, we saw him on the uh, the bus to Hull. Admittedly, Kiko Casio was in happier days then because he's pretending to lick his face, but you know, just just resting beautifully, sleeping, and he does seem to be a. Uh, it's his birthday today, as a matter of fact. Or no, I think it was yesterday. Um, and his Instagram story is full of best wishes from players at Lorient and photographs of him as a youngster. And he seems um, to be a bit of a, a figure of fun at Thorparch. Uh, Barry Douglas was slagging him off for wearing a Burberry shirt <laughs> um, open over a white t-shirt. I think Barry Douglas making fun of him. Well, you know, uh, but so like he, like he was without sin. He's got that just that little bit of relaxation about him he's he's really got nothing to worry about because he's playing behind a really good defense he's not got any of the baggage that comes with Kiko Kassia whether that's the the racism allegations or the uh, the fact that he's been quite bad at goalkeeping it's just it's just a fresh a very fresh young face he reminds me of uh, it's a little bit like when Bailey Peacock Farrell came in and obviously I made the infamous video saying I'm not sure he's ready for the championship, but he just stood there like a massive stone-faced baby and didn't let the, the ball in his net for a while until it got on top of him and then he decided to... So some people to, had
3: started having some shots at him. He
1: decided to wuss out and go and play uh, third uh, third choice at Burnley. He's got no pressure and he's good at catching the football.
2: Yeah, and it does go back to what we have said before about the case for taking Bamford out of the side on more Mm. than one occasion now is um, just relieving that pressure because you're not thinking about it anymore. It just resets everybody.
1: He doesn't look like he thinks he's playing well. And well, when he came off on Saturday, he was moaning about the referee booking him and it had been like 15 minutes earlier. He needs, there's things obviously, the fact he can't put the ball in the net, I think is dwelling on him. Just get, Tyler Robertson and it's no shame. Like it's okay, Patrick, to not play well and just say, you know what, it's not happening for me at the moment. And if there's another player there, um it's all whole point of having a squad, is that you, you pick the players who look like they're playing really well. And there's only one number nine at Leeds United who looks like he's playing really well at the moment. It's not Pat Bamford, it's not John Kevin Augustine either. It's not like he'll walk in the side when he's fit again. It's between, um, it's actually, it's quite interesting that we've been, we were worried in January, you know, we've only got one striker. But now if Tyler Roberts stays fit and he keeps uh, showing what he showed against Hull, we've got three, really three good ones as well. Too many! Like if, Get rid of them! Yeah, if Bamford's on his game, he's a good striker. And then if Tyler Roberts is on his game, we've seen it, he's a good striker. John kevin Augustine looks good on YouTube. So absolutely happy with uh, with the striking options. Play all three. One after the other. They do that in the under-23 sometimes, but it gives them each half an hour. Just make a change every 30 minutes. That'll, that'll confuse the Cowley brothers, won't it? <laughs> Last week, we brought you the treat of an extended chat with Paul Trevelyan on the
2: Extra Ball. is the guy who made Marching on Together Happen, who came up with the sock tags, the wave to the crowd, the training drills, the names on the tracksuits, all the razzmatazz. This week, given that it's 20 years since it happened, Christ, uh, Leeds versus Roma on the Extra Ball. Uh, we do a deep dive on a different topic every single week, so by subscribing to it, you get loads more from us. And you're getting behind us too, which we really appreciate. So there's also our new quiz game, which is called The Quiz a.k.a. Jamie McMastermind, a.k.a. Quizzy Brown. And we do welcome more suggestions for different quiz names. Loads are coming in, absolutely loads. We also bring you another bonus show in which you can come with us as we play Championship Manager 0102. We're on an adventure together as a three-way manager to right the wrongs of the Ridsdale era. There is a prize mug to be won every week as well. Sign up, enjoy your first month free, thesquareball.net forward slash The Extra Ball. Smiles and frowns, heroes and villains. Who's made us happy and sad then this week? Let's pick them now. First, the Ken Bates Villainy Awards. Uh, named in honour of a guy who brought us plenty of misery, Kenneth Bates, he gets a nomination. Or at least one of the Kens does anyway. If you've been following the podcast in recent weeks, we have been, uh, should we say, following the fortunes and maybe even steering the fortunes of Councilman Ken Bates in Casper, Wyoming. What's he been up to or what's the beardy one been up to? What's he been up to is
3: fuck all. <laughs> Not only have we, we gone out of our way to get his Facebook page followers 132 or something he was out when we started he's over about 770 or something he's on now is he interacting with anyone no not a single post in la, 19th of february's last post
1: does he not realize that we've got a, a podcast to pad out ridiculous he's shirking his responsibilities
3: and I, i'd look back the last thing he did post which was a picture of a thermometer saying the, the temperature's really low in casper 51 comments he had on that that's due to us Thank you very much Ken not We've a problem. We've increased his reach haven't not we? Not a problem we're trying to inc- we're trying to improve your interview your metrics on social media. We're, we're, companies charge a fortune for this.
1: What does he normally get on these photos?
3: I look back. The previous ones no nothing. No comments at all. Occasionally a like. Even even when he um This is a nice photo you've cropped here actually. Even even the one where he's got I don't I think it's slightly ominous, really. He's holding a cage that says, and the, the <laughs> caption is, two out of four abandoned guinea pigs. I don't know the context of this, but he's taken to, I don't know whether he's he's these, already done something
1: with the first two or... He's, he's going to get abandoned as well. Where are the other two? <laughs> abandoned?
3: Abandoned, yeah. I mean, who knows? He's um, Maybe he's going to have some Peruvian
2: recipe books at home or something. If, he's, if any of our stateside whites uh, are in the Wyoming area and you've seen two guinea pigs well four maybe wandering around looks
3: like. I mean he's grinning with sunglasses on it's quite a sinister photo can't see
1: the eyes can you but the guinea pigs are cute you'd think that would get a lot of interaction
3: you'd think wouldn't you but no even animals haven't been able to drag any of Ken Bates's I mean I presume someone voted for him at some point but they're not being served either
1: so fuck him <laughs> <laughs> who else is your villain uh, Ray or who? Betis oh, come on How? what then Betis well, I don't know. I'm fucking from Leeds. Um I used to have a I used to have I used to have, well, I lo- I love some of your pronunciations. I think people think that you do it on purpose. You don't just be like real beetsy's like diabetes. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a real betis shirt. He used to, but you used to tell everyone it was real beatis. <laughs> it was uh the green and white stripes, and it's one of those kappa ones that had the um the kappa logo in the, the collar. I, I can picture that shirt. Yeah, it was a great shirt. Sold it for a reasonable amount of money on eBay a long time ago. They want Marcelo Bielsa. We can fuck off. They can have um Manuel Pellegrini instead. He's their second choice, so they can have him. Good news has come out of this because uh Phil Hay, are you gonna ding me? Come cool. on, use me. yeah spent six quid on that bloody thing be ready what's
2: wrong with you man if you have to, if I have to tell you in future I'm going to take it away from you I well, think
3: it's because you pronounced Phil Hay correctly I was
2: uh, assuming that I'd be <laughs> Phil High or something by the way you know when I get home today I'm going to listen to a Michael Jackson album one of my favourite songs is Bet It sorry go on
1: no when you get home you're going to make my life a misery by filling up the WhatsApp group we used to organise the Phil Hay show with just simpering messages mm, Phil if you got about this? one day <laughs> one day I'll expose the truth of all this <laughs> Anyway, he has done some good journalism and spoken to sources close to Bielsa who say there's nothing in the issue of him going to Real B, and that the people who know Bielsa are convinced that if there is Premier League football at Elland Road next season, that means Bielsa at Elland Road next season, which was a concern of mine. I did in January write a, quite a long article outlining all my fears and, and theories about why he would go, and I'm Very happy for Phil to smack me down and tell me I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because if I know Bielsa, a source close to Marcelo said, if Leeds ascend to the Premier League, then he stays. That sounds good. Sounds great, doesn't it? Because, I mean, that's done. The two things are happening. We're getting promoted and Marcelo Bielsa is staying. So they're not the villains, Real Betis. To give them their full name look. Betty's tea room real real Betty's Balumpai, pie which sounds like something you might get in the uh, Betty's tea room very good I'd like a, a slice of Balumpai, pie please uh who else would you like to nominate
2: Oh, I want to nominate John Bon Jovi can we nominate John Bon Jovi I think you're halfway to nominating him already been a distraction hasn't it eye off the ball for Pat
3: well holding his his game check and I don't know how I don't know how John thinks that the football operates, that you you don't get paid unless you unless you play well, but um, no. Is it a distraction for Pat?
1: Did it bring about a change in form, would you say? I was just going to say, Balompie is apparently a, a Spanish for football. That's unexpected. I thought it was football. Anywho, <laughs> um, no, he just played the same, didn't he? Yeah, pretty much.
2: Uh, who else do you want to nominate? A big Kev
3: for being injured, not scoring still. We're going to basically end up spending... Because if we do go up, we're obliged to buy him, aren't we? We're going to be spending £17 million on we don't know what. Phil did... Do you want to ding me?
1: I mean, this is... Fucking Michael. Sorry. Your new fucking thing. Um, I'll ding myself if it's easier. Um, Phil. Michael. (laughs) Christ. What was the point in this investment? £6.19 down the drain. Mentioned in one of his uh, post-match Q&A things that the... Although we we are obligated to, to buy him if we go up... He is not obligated to come. Oh, okay. okay, in an unusual step for modern football, he has a say and that if he's not happy at Leeds, he like it doesn't seem like the personal terms and the contracts agreements and all that sort of stuff is worked out to a point where he can't say, actually, you've not played me, so I'm going to Eddie and Ketty are the fuck out of here and stay in Salzburg. So if
3: we don't want to sign him, we just need to be a real dick to him not make sure he doesn't make sure he doesn't want to
1: Leipzig I've got me uh, Red Bulls mixed up.
2: Yeah, he's not even trying to score at the minute, is he? That's another no.
1: disappointing it's thing. A shocking lack of effort. I wonder, Lazing about the place. We need to find out who his favourite pop star is and they can send him a, <laughs> a message of support. Get, I don't know, Pat and Mick or somebody. Go on, John Kev. Uh, who else do you want to nominate? Probably Kiko, I suppose.
3: You know, that's been found guilty.
2: It just feels, given that we deal with stuff in such a glib manner in this feature, <laughs> that we should, probably shouldn't.
3: Okay, well, we won't nominate them then. We'll nominate Hall's social media. Because they were sort of diminishing it by going, oh, oh, it's a is a special game actually. Just just FYI, uh.
2: yeah. So that, you know, that, that, those those clapback tweets, I think they're good fun, but that just felt it felt really horribly misplaced. Did that?
1: Yeah, I
3: mean, it's fine if it's about football or previous bragging or something, but I don't know. It feels a
1: bit like maybe just leave this. Yeah, something's things a, a little bit more serious than a a, a banter tweet.
2: Uh, mention for Fulhamish as well. Should we start a turf War, podcast? Turf war with Fulhamish. I think it'll
3: be a very soft a very soft turf war. I don't think any, I don't fancy any of us in a fight really.
1: Well, I don't know, we but, sized them up at the Football Supporters Association Awards when they won podcast of the year and we did not.
2: Just cuz I tweeted out showing those that crap refereeing by Tim Robinson, you know at Craven Cottage and just and didn't even say anything about a conspiracy, nothing like that. Lots of people in the mentions afterwards did saying oh there's a you know but Never said that. Just said, look how crap this refereeing has been in the mm. Fulham versus Swansea game. Tim Robinson, same guy who was crap for us down there. And they've, uh, they've had a bit of a go at us, haven't
3: they? Yeah, it's, a, it's a fair thing to point out if the same referee is giving ludicrous penalty decisions across multiple games. I think once you
1: can forgive, but... Yeah, know. if they're all going to Fulham, then somebody needs to have a word with him. What's Fulhamish's opinion on this? Well, but, I don't know.
3: It's fine. That He was not a good referee, but it's fine.
1: Actually, yeah, it
2: goes back to the partisan thing we were talking about earlier, wasn't it? That... You just entrench yourself by going, oh, th- this is about us. So they're in the wrong and we're right.
1: Thankfully, it's- we're balanced. It's good refereeing as long as we
2: benefit. The point about Tim, A bit Robert- like the Tyler Roberts offside.
1: The point in Tim <laughs> he wasn't offside. He wasn't off- like, on the well, no stretch. No, I'm not. I would not. He wasn't offside. I mean, they're even talking about changing the rules for VAR so that that sort of thing is not offside because everybody in the world knows that that should not be offside. If it was offside the linesman would have raised his flag. That's how you know it wasn't offside. Uh, the other
2: point is, if that's given offside... It ruined the game. Yeah, on such a tiny, tiny thing. I know this has been done to death with the AR, yeah. but that would have really upset me. One of the goals of the season, and that's getting ruled out for. A I'm tiny... just trying
3: to get ahead of this promotion thing by imagining all the shit stuff we'll have to contend with next if, season. If
2: that had been given offside, I would have hopped in the car and driven to the KCom and had a quiet word. This is what we've got to look forward to. Oh, in Stockley, the Premier Park, League. Stockley Park. Stockley Park. It's
1: talking about uh, fantasy goals that we've seen go in the net but don't actually count. Yeah, which happened in. Uh, I mean, this is moving the game forward about. 30, 40 years but I was quite amused that um, EA Sports it's FIFA the online had to be sorted out by rock, paper, scissors because the two players in one of the qualifying matches couldn't connect and now they've both been banned because if you can't connect apparently it's in the rules and then there was another one he's put his uh, his video of the the match out of him scoring the crucial deciding goal in a penalty shootout and it goes in off the post into the, the bottom corner on the far side and the, the computer says no doesn't register it as a goal huh. and so he's out It's fucking but that's the future we won't be worrying about uh, whether Pat Bamford can score whether Tyler Roberts should be on we'll be, why has the the microchip not processed the bits and bytes correctly and
2: the, the Terminator films warned us about all this as well but anyway Tim Robinson uh, back to him for a second he got uh, taken off as well like same as after uh, our game at Fulham he got removed didn't get a game at the weekend
1: because of his bad decision-making. and he He's doing all. that again. Have they taken him off again? Yeah, yeah. So is this just until Fulham have another home match? Is that the thing? That yes, yes. Fulham, yes fulham fulham ish.
2: That's it, fulham ish. That's what it is. Turf war. Uh, pick yourself a villain. I think Betis. <laughs> Betis
1: and Butthead. Yeah, Nominate. I mean, it was a nice I shirt. Mean, they need to not be in sniffing fact, around Bielsa. The thing that I remember most about that shirt is it had a quite a thick cuff, but it kind of rolled over like it got a wrinkle in it, and no matter how often I ironed it, that cuff was always wrinkled. It was annoying. You iron football shirts? If they've got a, a wrinkle in the cuff, otherwise I would have left it alone, but it, it was, why can't I get this, this weird kind of, it was like it crossed over like a, a Mobius strip, and I couldn't get rid of it for ages, so eventually I just had to sell the thing.
2: And that's reason enough for me for them to have the Villainy Award. Yeah, okay. Uh, Andy Hughes Hero Award,
1: who's done good? Tyler Roberts, obviously. Yeah, my new favourite player forever.
3: I think Meslier as well for, for keeping a clean sheet. And also, I don't think we've ever talked about his celebrations on the bench, have we? Yeah. No. yeah, he's very animated. He's been very involved in stuff, hasn't he? High-fiving people in the West Stand and jumping
1: out of the dugout every time we <laughs> score. He's the only person who can reach over the dugouts to the people in the... Um...
2: High-fiving people on the gantry. Mr yeah. Tickle. <laughs> there we go. What, what? I didn't even say it and I got dinged. Didn't say what? Up yours. Sorry, I took the wind out of your sails then because we were all getting very animated. Um, so I just, just want to
1: use the new bell because we spent £6.19 on it. There's going to be some jokes about Liam Meslier having uh, long arms. We should uh, also mention that in previous podcasts we were saying lots of good things about Tyler Roberts that if he gets in the team, he could be a good player and he's going to be, uh, could be better than that guy we've got up front at the moment. So You've got an agenda, you hate him. Even better with Tyler Roberts for making us look good that's heroism, if nothing <laughs> else, making um, it seem like we know anything about football.
2: Click as well, I think, deserves um, a nod out of our current crop of players because he's done a great interview last week about uh, about what football's like as an industry, but also that he's done a goal and an assist,
1: and he's just he's been great and consistent and very very good for two years now. He's pretty much played every game. He kicks every ball, doesn't he? He's never off the pitch, and he's um, yeah, and he's not a knobhead as well, which is always reassuring when you meet a footballer or hear of one. Um, he talks about uh, the money in football and how there's more than in the past and that um, thanks to social media, you can see more what players spend their money on. And when I see players who rent a private plane for a lot of money, basically just to fly on it and upload a photo on Instagram, it hurts. But if you spend all your pay on fashionable clothes and other nonsense, well, you're naked for the rest of the time. So it doesn't matter, basically, which is a very sensible attitude, but stronger for it does say that the, what he does spend his money on is uh, gadgets, and he he mentioned Nintendo Switch, Nintendo DS. I don't know, I mean, on footballers' wages, you can probably afford to buy one every day, can't he? But um, so a Switch a DS. Um, I even found a bought a Game Boy Advance in the Netherlands, and he used to play Mortal Kombat and sensible soccer. And if there is anything that is going to make me sympathetic to a footballer, it's that they used to play. Sensible Soccer because now I know that Matches Click and me have both lost hours of our lives to uh, Sensible Soccer and probably a lot of people listening to this as well and the idea of him hunched over a a joystick practising Sensible Soccer makes me think I could have been a footballer as well because I also wear glasses too. There's a a lot about Matches Click that gives hope for nerdy streaks of piss um, (laughs) who play computer games and have specs on to think... "Mm."
2: You know, as an extension of click,
1: he had that little um,
2: back and forth with Johnny uh, Johnny House and at full time at the Riverside, which we mentioned on the match ball. We weren't 100 percent sure whether the, what words had been said, but he confirmed on Twitter to, to a Polish inquiry that the, he was told to get it done, Johnny House, and get it done.
3: He's still a Leeds fan, isn't he, House? And I think uh, it was only Ken Bates who who tried to turn, it, even even Ken Bates trying to turn people against him didn't really work, did it? Every, it was at the point where everyone just went fuck off, Ken. When he was like, "Well, do you want and it was, no, not the time, Ken."
1: I was 100% certain that that was not what Johnny Housen had said. I I couldn't I watched that clip and I couldn't imagine um that the world was romantic enough for Housen at the end of that game after he's lost and he's probably going to get relegated to to say the to, to take the time and have the thought in his mind to say the clip and make sure you get Leeds up.
2: Cuz what that says is I don't give a share about Middlesbrough and I
1: love Leeds, doesn't it? That's what it Certainly says. I hope that's how the uh, the Middlesbrough fans have taken it. I've not searched for uh Housing on Twitter lately that might be a, a mind you. well, done to, up in the well done to Borough
2: they should get a little nod as well for doing God's work along with other teams like
1: Wigan, Luton, Cardiff did God's work at the weekend I did enjoy I think it was Woodgate's after the Leeds game where he said um, people are worried about the rest of the season for us but R C wins that's what he said he can see for, the, for Middlesbrough for the rest of the season R C wins very good I'm happy for them to win now now we've played them yeah they win all they want win every game Borough do you want them to stay up there
2: yeah, I've no, I've no major objection to Borough.
1: There's teams I'd rather see go down. I mean,
2: I'd like to, I'd like to see Derby and or Sheffield Wednesday. get yeah. B- Derby turn Bum- up she- S- with a massive points deduction. That'd be nice.
1: I mean, there was that guy with the uh, on their YouTube channel who was outside our stadium calling it a shed and all that stuff. He turned himself into a bit of a celebrity. It would be nice to see Middlesbrough go down to League One and him to just lose interest in football.
2: Are you talking about AJT, the guy from Borough Fan TV? Yes. He's, he's broken off, by the way. He's left. I've, I've investigated. Um, he's left Borough Fan TV. He's now got a breakaway YouTube channel of his own. This
1: is it, and he was watching Leeds games. He was doing that thing of uh, sitting and talking into a camera while Leeds are on, wasn't he? Because people are more interested in Leeds United than Middlesbrough FC. And it's a, a reality he's had to face up to. Pick yourself a winner. Pick yourself a hero from this last seven days. Shall we give it to uh, little Johnny Wanny? I feel like Tyler Roberts has done more for us. We can give it him next week when he scored a hat-trick against Huddersfield. Yeah, prove it. (laughs) Prove it, Tyler. Stay fit. Whereas I I think there's a certain poetry as well, because if you think 10 years ago, this month, week, year, whatever, Johnny was battling to get us out of League One successfully. And we all thought that that uh, would be swiftly followed by a return to the, the Premier League. And for 10 years later, Johnny to be still there going, just please, before I retire... Get them back in the Premier League. So, Dude, yeah. finish the job I started, Matheus, I beg you. Tyler Roberts has done more for us on a like-for-like basis, but Johnny made us feel nice. And Johnny's been had this on, on his mind for 10 years. He'll probably, we were talking about whether... We, we've the, helped uh, him, if anything. We we're talking about whether Pontus Jansen will turn up for our end-of-season celebrations. Who are Middles were playing that day? Is it local? Bomb down the, uh, the A19, can't he? Join in. I'd be happy to see him. Bring them all back. Beckford will be there, won't he? Coming later this week, then the Phil Hay show on Friday morning. We've got a match ball
2: after the Huddersfield game on Saturday. Find subscriptions to the Extra Ball and the magazine on our website, along with links to the merchandise, including our brand new Street Fighter Mugs, which are selling like hot cakes as well. It's all at thesquareball.net. And thanks for listening to this one. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.